You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Time for your view from the C-suite this week, bringing you closer to South Africa's business leaders. What makes them tick? What keeps them up at night and keeps them going in such a brutally tough environment? Well, my next guest has made his way through the first round group to become the CEO of one of the largest listed REITs in the country. Uh, as Chief Risk Officer at Westbank, uh, he was the head of uh, credit for FNB Corporate Property Finance and also a uh, credit risk manager at both BOE Bank and Ned Bank and was a director at Lobsher Duplessis Consultant. He's our CEO of Attack, uh, the company which owns uh, the Mall of Africa, the largest shopping mall yet built in a single phase in South Africa, and developer of the very well-known uh, Waterfall City. Uh, but he's also got exposure to neighborhood and convenience shopping centers, fortunately, which has helped to soften uh, the crashing fall uh, Attack took in the second half of its financial year, in which uh, the landlord saw its assets lose 1.7 billion rand, or 8.6% in value. Mel Taman, uh, welcome to The View at a, a brutally tough time in Reedland. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know you're 100%. It's a tough time for all of us. Tell me a little bit more about your early life and how that influenced your passion for business and finance. I must say early life, Michael. I grew up in Afrikaans. You will say the Platteland in the countryside, um, close to Stellenbosch. I went to university and did my articles in Stellenbosch, became a CA. After articles, I went to the UK, that is now the mid-90s, to do some temping. Um, coming back, and I think, like you said, when I went into the banking space, um, a number of years in the NetBank stable, then the first RAND stable, and then I joined ATTAC uh, seven years ago. That was about six months prior to the listing. Now, Warren Buffett says that the most important job of a CEO is capital allocation. What do you see as the most important job of a CEO? I fully agree. And I think what you can do, you can debate how you define capital. I mean, nowadays, you, you don't refer to that anymore. You also refer to human capital. So I would say definitely, I mean, we've just issued our results last week, Tuesday, and we've been on a on an e-roadshow with most of our asset uh, um, shareholders, and there is a big focus on your capital structure. What is a sustainable capital structure? What is an optimal capital structure? So I would definitely say capital structure is important, and then I would say the human capital element is also important. And, uh, I mean, that is really to my point, because I think capital structure in the listed property space at the moment is, is the hot topic. What are your capital allocation priorities uh, right now? Michael, if you look at Unibail, did a sense announcement about two weeks ago, and then they said they've got four levers to pull um, improving um, their liquidity. And I think a big focus for all of us, especially in the REIT space, but even us in our private capacity is liquidity. So what they have said, how do we improve liquidity? Is one, let's hold back on dividends. Um, two is let's not spend maintenance capex. Three is let's look at disposals. And then fourth is let's do a capital raise. So if you look at what we've done as a tag, um, I think we maybe one of maybe the only SA REIT who has said we're not going to pay a June dividend, and we've also said we're not going to pay a December 2020 dividend, and that's exactly for that reason to preserve capital. Then secondly, on CapEx or maintenance CapEx, I'm always hesitant to hold back on maintenance CapEx because the reason why we do have shoppers coming out to our malls is exactly for that experience, the look and feel. So you must be cautious of, of postponing maintenance capex, and then at some point in time, 
the shoppers will not come back to your mall. So maintenance capex we keep on spending. Where we can hold back on capex is in the waterfall precinct where we need to put infrastructure in where um, on that specific land we don't have any top structure. So there we can um, defer um, capex. And then a focus for us is disposals. I mean, what we have said to the market is that in this financial year we want to to exit at least 2 billion rand of assets. And then with that 2 billion, we will reduce debt. And, and yeah, we will reduce debt. So then the fourth um, lever that you can pull is raising equity. But if you look at the existing share prices, that is not the lever that you want to pull at this stage. Now, uh, there are some in the market who, who might disagree with that because they, they might say, well, um, the, the shares could fall even further if nothing is done. Um, chatting to a property investor this morning, uh, she said her preferred way of doing things to, to deleverage at this stage would be uh, for the REITs to only offer script dividends. There are some technical JSE rules that prevent this, uh, but uh, rather than going out and lobbying for favours on REIT legislation and dividends, uh, she said the REIT should try and persuade the JSE that capitalisation issues ought to be considered a distribution. What do you make of yeah. that? Yeah, that exactly talks to that first lever. I mean, the first lever talks about dividends and how do you settle the dividend. Um, so what we said, we're not going to pay a dividend and we will definitely be read compliant um, for a number of reasons we will be read compliant. So what a number of uh, our peers do, they will then settle the dividend, not with cash, by with issuing a script. So that's exactly comes mm. back to that first lever, preserving capital um, in your balance sheet. And on the issue of, of not wanting to go and um, do an equity raise because the share price is depressed, I mean, shareholders are the owners of the assets. You either put in the cash when it's required or you hand the keys over to the debt provider, surely. Yeah, for sure. And that's why what we're saying for now, the focus is let's, see, well, let's focus on disposing assets to improve on, on our capital structure. Also, what we have said with regards to our capital structure, but then again, I've said it to the asset managers, all REITs are similar. They've got the same business model. So, and that's why I'm saying I like the Unibail comparison because we're similar. So um, what the REITs have said, it's let's rather focus on disposals. Um, and then what we've done, we've assigned a probability of execution of a disposal. I used to say tongue-in-the-cheek, it's a biased market, but there's not a lot of bias out there. So... We've assigned probabilities to different assets we would like to dispose. And then if we can't dispose, then I think second price for us will be to, to raise capital. But for now, the focus is, like I said, uh, not by dividends, extending capex or deferring capex and then the disposals. Given the benefit of hindsight, uh, what would you have done differently? Sometimes I use the term the BC world and the ACDC world. And the BC world for us, it's before COVID. And then ACDC is after COVID, during COVID. And I always say, if you look at the BC world, ASIS attack was in a good space in December 2019. Our collections rates were high. We were sitting on 99% collections. Our occupancy rates were high. We were sitting, if I remember correctly, 97.5% occupancies. So up until December, the BC world, we, we've done well. Then, unfortunately, we're now in this BC world, the during COVID world. I'm of opinion we're close to the end of the world and, and we can see the recoveries in, in our retail space. But if you ask me what would we have done differently, 
it's a difficult one. I I also say if you look at COVID, I think if COVID has hit us as a tech six months prior to the opening of the Mall of Africa, we would have had serious challenges. So after, uh, to some extent, uh, COVID did happen, I wouldn't say in a good time, it sounds wrong, but so if you ask me what could we have done differently, maybe less debt, but I'm not that concerned on our liquidity. Our liquidity from a cash flow viewpoint is adequate to, I sometimes refer to COVID as a storm. So from a cash flow viewpoint, our liquidity is adequate to survive mm. a storm. What does the landscape look like after the storm of COVID? What scenarios are you modelling in terms of things like consumer behaviour with uh, malls and uh, large crowded spaces likely to be avoided for some time until we have a vaccine? Uh, how do shopping centres adapt? Yeah, Michael, again, from a BC world, and sometimes we, we tend to forget that, from a BC world macro level for SA, we were in a recession. Um, also, what has happened quite early in this during COVID phase, we've been downgraded by all three rating agencies. And then us as SA saw some outflow out of, call it the country, and then we also saw outflow out of the REIT sector, hence the reason why our share prices are so low. If you talk about consumer behavior and what has changed, and we had the discussion earlier this afternoon, what definitely has changed is... People like to sit outside. Um, so if you go to a coffee shop or a restaurant, your preference is to be on outside seating and not inside seating. So then again, different malls will behave differently. For instance, a positive for us, and that's why I'm, I'm of a viewpoint, we close to the end of this during COVID phase, and I'm going to mention two of our shopping centers. So Garden Root Mall down in George, the August 2020 turnover for the mall was in line with the August 2019 turnover. So we've definitely seen the recovery. And then if you take Moirafi Mall down in Potsdam, the footfall for September uh, 2020 was again in line with the footfall for September 2019. So I think different shopper, uh, different shopping centres will behave differently. Then last question, Meltzer, is this the bottom? We've seen the property index uh, have a particularly good week this week. Uh, do you see this as the bottom for uh, an index that really has been beaten down? I hope so, Michael. I, uh, what we have done, there's definitely a correlation between share prices and what they call the BCI, Business Confidence Indicator. So we need confidence. We need confidence in the whole of SA. And I'm saying that confidence, you can only create the con- confidence or there's a link between confidence and positive energy. That's why I'm saying we need positive energy, putting it back into SA, putting it back into the retail sector. We need confidence. Well, the more, the more headlines of uh, arrests uh, linked to, say, Kamcha, uh, the more confident I certainly get that things are heading in the right direction. Melt, a great pleasure chatting to you uh, and uh, look forward to sitting down at uh, more of Africa sometime and, and having a coffee outside, of course. It's, it's on me, Michael. You're welcome. That was a taxi. Oh, Melterman sharing his view from the C-suite with us. And that's a wrap for this week, too. Thanks to producer Andres Matlangu and sound engineer Matabataba Radebe. The Jazz Lounge with Rod Miller up next in Cape Town. And in Gauteng, the full works, as always, with Richard Koch till nine. Good night.